Ogden became Brentwood City Manager in February of 2020 and has 20 years of experience in city government, holding positions as City Manager of Manteca, City Manager of Waterford, and Administrative Analyst for the City of Modesto. Tim has been married to his wife, Heather, for 22 years, and they have four children attending middle school, high school, and college. Tim recently relocated his family to the Brentwood area. Let's welcome Tim Ogden. Hello, Tim. Welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here. This is going to be exciting. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. We've already done a nice little article with you in the magazine. So I am getting to know uh, a lot about what's going on with the city and the vision. And I want to continue to share it with the readers and share it with our social media, all that good stuff. So I have some questions for you. Are you ready? <laughs> Fire away. Again, thanks for the opportunity. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Okay. So you became the new city manager and then COVID hit like right after, because that was February and then March, we had our lockdown orders. I had Tell nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. What a coincidence. No, I'm just kidding. Tell me how the city has reacted to COVID and what it's been like for you to not only take the new position with the new people, but now to have to navigate through these unprecedented times. Well, it has definitely been a challenge. So it's always a challenge starting at a new city and trying to get acclimated to the people, the culture, the community. And COVID certainly threw a, a, a curveball at us, right? But uh, thankfully, we're not the only ones going through it. It's an international issue right now. And so we're, we're managing as well as we can. We, we had to quickly shut down City Hall early March and try to adapt quickly to how can we provide some of the services we provide the community virtually as best as possible. And I've had to adapt along the way with the uh, restrictions lifting and then now shutting back down. So it's it's been a challenge. Uh, the thing that stood out the most is just my staff have been very adaptable and the creativity they've shown to try to just serve the public as best they can has just been admirable. So it's been a great place to live, great place to work, and uh, we'll get through this pandemic but uh, hopefully we'll be a little sharper, a little smarter, a little more efficient, and still stay focused on our core mission values here at City Hall. So are you this is are you guys zooming a lot because you're are you meeting in person at all? I mean, tell me about how that is all playing out because it's got to be difficult to not it, it, you know, it, I mean, Zoom is great, but to not be working, you know, elbow to elbow in an office is, right. is makes it a lot of fun, I'm sure, or very challenging. Um, is that what you guys do though? Is it all, uh, well, you're in your office now, but is the majority of people working remotely? Tell me how that's working. Sure, so we've got two departments that primarily are still out in the field. So obviously our police department and our public works department. And then through the summer, we were a little more involved in coming back to city hall, at least having staff members at least two to three days in the office so we can spread things out. And uh, now it's starting to tamp back, back down where we're less at City Hall just in the last week. So starting this week. Uh, but it's been, again, impressive to see the, the work level and the work commitment, even from uh, working remotely from home and coming into the office as needed. But just so that we're clear for the public that all city services are still being provided 
And even at City Hall, where there are staff here still present every day, uh, you may just need to make an appointment or email us, but we'll occasionally be able to still meet in person with, with scheduled appointments. So the doors are closed. Uh, when we were having city council meetings in person, we had just a clearing of any public coming into the building, you know, checking for all the symptoms and, and making sure all the protocols were being met. Uh, but that was a short-lived experience as well. Now we're back to just being closed. Uh, the challenge has been for our city council meeting from getting the public to participate uh, in the same way when we broadcast uh, virtually. Uh, but in some regards, we've had more participation. So it's been also a, a little silver lining to the ability for people from home to tap into the council meeting and be able to share their public comments and participate. So some good and some, and some bad have come out of all this. Well, wonderful. Okay, great. Well, the 110 Magazine this month of November has a feature article on the current issue. And we got to find out a little bit about your background and your previous experience. Can you just touch on that a little bit? Sure. Well, I started working for a city almost 20 years ago with uh, the city of Modesto and was finishing up my master's in business administration. So started working in the finance department and then quickly decided it's fun keeping track of all the money, but the projects is even more exciting. So moved quickly to economic development and used my MBA to work with uh, CEOs and site selectors, business developers, developers, and really try to bring more businesses to the community. And that led to some promotional opportunities in uh, other communities, Riverbank, and then Waterford, and then Manteca. So have moved up as well to now be the uh, city manager of the last three cities. And it's a, it's a new challenge. You know, I get to work with five bosses and several hundred employees and uh, love it. You know, that the challenges that we get to face, uh, the creativity that everyone gets together on and team building to try to move the city forward is just, it's an inspiring process. We get, we get criticized a lot by people who don't fully understand how city works. And, and I'm the, the biggest critic of too much bureaucracy I can't stand it. And that's perhaps some of my business background where can we do this a little more efficiently? Can we be a little more responsive to the public and apply a little more common sense where, where we can? Uh, but there's a lot of things outside of our control too, with state and federal rules and regulations that drive us all crazy. So we do our best. <laughs> Wonderful. So in the article, you mentioned that you see opportunity in Brentwood. Can you elaborate a little bit on what you feel that is? Well, we've got some great opportunities. We've, we've built lots of housing and there's been quite a bit of a population growth here in Brentwood. And now it's time to refocus on business generation, job creation, uh, office development. We've got uh, quite a bit of our population that are commuting or had been at least pre-pandemic. And as soon as this pandemic's over, I'm sure there's gonna be some adapting where teleworking is gonna be more common, but where it isn't, uh, we want to be the place to, to do your business as well as live. Uh, we've got just an unbelievably beautiful community. It's been well-managed, beautiful parks and trail system. Uh, the roads are well-managed. We're in the top in the county as far as road conditions and throughout the state even in some regards. So it's been well-maintained. And uh, we've got an opportunity with the Innovation Center at Brentwood that's coming up. There's actually a town hall tonight at 7 o'clock. We'll be talking about some of the latest designs and plans for that uh, 300 plus acres, uh, looking at um, how do we attract the right development and work with the property owners who currently own property there 
to be willing to work with the city on some of those uh, opportunities. But I see nothing but good things coming forward. You know, the bypass is in, we've got a beautiful downtown, uh, good transportation and good infrastructure in place. And now it's time to just bring more businesses to, to Brentwood. Absolutely. That's exactly what we need. And that's what we hear a lot of the residents always stating. And it seems like it's it's been a hurdle to kind of figure that out. But we've grown and we've changed so much over time. And I've always felt that we are the best of many worlds because we're right on the edge of the Bay Area with all the amenities the Bay Area offers, yet we are, we haven't been as congested and we still have, you know, these beautiful um, farms that we can, um, we can go out and, and get our produce directly from. And now with the roads, you know, with the bypass and the highway and then BART coming all the way to Antioch. And then, you know, it just seems like we have a, we're a great location that's that's been a secret and and we're more affordable than most of the Bay Area yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And then the schools have gotten better, right? Yeah. So um, what it sounds like it, what is the what is your highest priority? Is it bringing the businesses in and is it that the um, the innovation center? Well, it's, it's finding a, an appropriate balance. Many of the residents who've moved here have said, we've, we got away from the big cities. We got away from the traffic and the noise and the, the air quality issues. And so finding the right mix with Brentwood that's continually changing as each new development comes in, new residents come in and finding out what's the right balance. But our pristine agriculture is important to preserve. We've got uh, some great opportunities with the UPIC and um, I, I missed out twice going out there because I either didn't have a ticket or there was too long of a line, but, but we, we definitely hit up all the fruit stands and it's just a beautiful place to be. Uh, but yeah, definitely the, the business opportunities is, is, is the priority right now. And that's where we're focused, um, both with downtown, continuing to grow the opportunities there, and then on the northwest quadrant of the city uh, with the Innovation Center at Brentwood. Those are, those are the priorities. Wonderful. And, and managing what comes with it too, right? If we bring more businesses and more office complex, then there may be some more traffic. And I suppose there could be other issues that come with, with development that we have to try to find ways to mitigate as best we can and find the appropriate balance. Yes, in the article, I read that you stated that um, Brentwood is projected to hit, hit build out in approximately 30 years. I found that. I mean, I'm thinking, wow, I haven't even, I never even thought of how long till we did hit that, but right. that, that um, I mean, we are, we, at one time we were the fastest growing community in California before, of course, the, the whole um, right. economic downturn. So I, but yeah, there's always the uh, figuring it all out and, and really making sure the plan and the infrastructure come together because I do, I mean, I notice it is busier, but I'm also happy to see what's going on. Even with downtown, we're seeing very lively now. And uh, a lot of, of uh, now that the restaurants have a lot more outdoor dining, there's it just, it just feels, the energy feels great downtown. It's a great feel, great feel downtown. It wasn't so great today coming uh, past the downtown, but uh, with, the, with the inclement weather, but hopefully yeah. they can weather it because they're, those businesses are critical. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so we just had our elections, yes. and now we have a new mayor and some new council members. Can you share with everyone who um, 
who those people are and and or do we know who's won all the elections? Um, tell me where we're at with that. Hopefully. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, there's still some ballots outstanding, so I want to respect that process. But the way it looks currently, and there should be another update this Friday, uh, but uh, Joel Bryant, who's been serving as the vice mayor and been on the council for years, looks to be the, the mayor. And then we look like we have two new members, um, Jovita Mendoza and Susanna Meyer are also uh, in District 1 and District 3. New new, new uh, election of having districts in place, Districts yeah. 1 and 3. And uh, if those election results hold, and we will certify that election on December 8th, Okay. Council meeting and then swear in the new members. It looks like we'll have a vacancy because the vice mayor seat will then be vacant. Oh. And uh, so the council on December 15th will consider whether they want to move to a special election, which could cost upwards of $200,000 and not occur till June to fill that vacancy. Or as has been typically done in the city and most cities is to do a, an application process and interview and vet potential candidates who would be appointed. And this is all consistent with the uh, state elections code. You either do a special election or you appoint. And hopefully the council picks a good candidate who uh, fits in with, with the council and can help keep moving forward in, the, in, in a good direction. Okay, wow. That's coming up in the next month. <laughs> Well, congratulations to our new mayor and uh, to um, the other two council members. We're excited about that here at 110 Magazine. We actually happen to know them, so that's wonderful. Uh, the one thing that um, I also wanted to touch on is, if you don't mind explaining how how you all work together, how you and the mayor and the, and the city council work together. Just explain that for people that really don't know. Yeah. So the, the mayor and the council are elected and they help set policy for city, the city hall. And I'm the chief executive officer and I manage all the employees and I fully implement that policy that they give us and responsible for all of the programs, policies, departments. I have about 10 direct reports, all the department heads report to me and uh, work great as a team. And we bring items to the city council twice a month for their consideration, they suggest items as well. And we vet those kind of policy ideas, give our recommendations and then follow direction. Um, one of the things that's probably not as well appreciated is the council members don't get paid much, just a couple hundred dollars a month. And they spend hours reading our staff reports, working with the businesses, working with residents on, on concerns and complaints. And it's really an underappreciated job. Um, so my hat goes off to anybody who wants to run for council and be a part of this process and uh, just appreciate that they really want to do the best for this community. And so it's exciting to work with them. Um, I'll meet with them weekly, regularly, and try to get to know them better, especially with the new members, and try to understand their vision as well. And my vision becomes their vision and their vision becomes mine and we work together collaboratively. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I really didn't know that that's how little they made. Oh my gosh, it makes you definitely appreciate them even more. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I know that they are the type of people that have all have been doing a lot for the community with zero pay. So, yep. you know, the fact that they have um, have have succeeded in, in winning those council seat, um, seats, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, so the other thing I wanted to chat about, which I, learned from reading the article is 
there's the city has a website and then i know all about the better in brentwood website now there's another new website can you share a little bit about that uh, we do have a website up that's innovatebrentwood.site and that is really related to the planning area one which was a planning area of northwest uh, brentwood for planning these job creating opportunities and the website is going to be updated as we have more of these town halls once again tonight talking about what those plans should look like what the designs how the streets and the layout of the the, the land uses should all work together and uh, That'll be the prime website for that. So I don't know how long that website will be up in place, probably for the next year until we transition it to the city website once those plans are approved and we begin to implement them. But it's it's one of the frustrating things I think for the community is recognizing how long some things take and it's, it's not uh, something that staff are dragging their heels on is some of these state requirements require very detailed environmental analysis, putting all these specific plans and master plans in place to really guide the direction and the vision of the city council. And uh, some things just take longer than you'd like, but we wanna move this forward as quickly as possible so we can move towards attracting a master developer who really does all the heavy lifting now of bringing in the financing team, bringing in the engineers and architects and propose plans, working with those property owners uh, to put the magic together and help create some jobs for our community that we desperately need. Great, great. Okay, wonderful. So in the 110 Magazine, I'm, I know you're new to the area and you're new to even reading the magazine, but I'm sure you figured out that we do like to get a little personal and tell a backstory. And that's part of the fun of what we do and really helps to bring the community together. And and it's always interesting to, to read about backstories. Great. And so we talked a little bit about your backstory. Uh, we slightly did. And you mentioned growing up with your dad in the U.S. as he was in the U.S. Air Force. And yes. that you, you lived in 30 places. Um, tell us a little bit about that experience and, and what, you know, what you learned from that. Well, I didn't fully understand it as a young person. I thought everybody moved every year. <laughs> But my dad was in the Air Force, so he joined the Air Force while we were living in Canada. And so I was actually born in Canada and then joined and then moved to Alaska to start his training and then down to Texas and then Maryland and then Greece and then back to Texas and Colorado. Then I think next was then was Italy. We were there for three years. Uh, so Italy, I was probably what, seven, eight, nine years old. So remember quite a bit of it. And then back to Texas, then to Washington State. And anyway, we, we've yeah. been in the world. And um, I think what stood out for me the most was learning to quickly adapt to new environments, because you had to, that sometimes didn't have deep friendships, but was able to quickly make good acquaintances and recognized early on that my family was the only constant thing. And so our family and my, my two siblings and I are still very close to this day and my parents. And uh, so it brought our family together as well by, by having to be together. Uh, but have been in places where I was the minority to all black communities, all Hispanic communities, all Native American Indian communities, and just learned to love everybody. And so it's really sharpened my, my perspective on diversity, inclusion, on how we're all just brothers and sisters trying to figure out our way in this crazy life of ours. 
And uh, so I think it was, it was a good experience. Um, my kids now, and we've moved a few times because of jobs, they're not fans of it. And it's hard on making friends and, and adapting quickly to new schools and, and churches and, and neighborhoods. But they're also becoming resilient through this. So we're, we're all in this together and I appreciate their support. Oh, that's wonderful. So you you actually moved to Brentwood. Yes. That was a big step and a big change. And how are you, how's your family adapting? And tell us a little bit about um, the schools that they're going to local schools. You've got one in college. Yes. Yeah. So how's, how's that coming along? Well, you know, with COVID, it's kind of, I'm sure it's not made it easy. It it's already tough. hard enough. It is tough. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So they, they, we moved here and uh, they've started a school year all virtual. And so it's really tough to make friends that way when one person speaking on the Zoom call is their teacher and uh, no hide hallway conversations or recess or whatever it may be. But we have our oldest is off at uh, Brigham Young University in Utah, attending college, doing some virtual and some in-person classes. And then my two sons are a senior at Heritage and a sophomore at Heritage. And uh, then my daughter's an eighth grader at Bristow uh, Middle School. But they're they're adapting. They would certainly love to have more in-person opportunities to make friends and, and hang out. Uh, but we're trying to find some creative ways to do that. Yes, you've got to get creative. My son went to Bristow and is in Heritage now. And it's, you know, it's been tough. He's a junior and the Zooming, he's not, let's just say that there's a lot of homework and he is really kind of, he lost his motivation a little bit, but he's, you know, there he is playing video games more than ever. He's a basketball and a football player. He is on the football team, but it's, I, it's hard enough. I could imagine for somebody like him who, who has all his friends here. And I actually moved a lot of places too. I lived in, I would say I went to 10 different schools before I was in high school, uh -huh. lived in other States as well. Didn't travel all over the world. Um, but, uh, I would just say that it's always, it's, you know, it's always a challenge to, it's tough when you move the, them at that age Absolutely. to a new place. Absolutely. So, um, I, but I'm sure that with everything, there's something that's going to be a positive that they get out of this, which like you said, when, you know, the positive it was, you know, you, you, and of course learn from all the experiences and in all the places that you've traveled or lived. What was your favorite place? What would you say? Did you do you have one? It's <sighs> a good question. Um, I, I because I lived in Texas three different times. Texas kind of stands out. It was a slower pace. People were everybody was friendly. I'm stereotyping now, but <laughs> it was a good culture there the time I lived. Um, if I was older, when I lived in Greece and Italy, I would have been more of a fan of the food <laughs> and uh, would have enjoyed my parents dragging us to these museums and these cathedrals. Oh. Thinking, Can I just go outside and play and yeah. out some opportunities? <laughs> so I had a chance to go back since as an adult and appreciated some of those uh, cultural um, places much better. And obviously the food. Oh, I bet. I bet. So um, I, want to ask you this, um, how has the feedback and response been to your article in the 110 Magazine? Have you gotten any? I have gotten a little bit. Uh, I was hit up Sunday at church for, uh, for, 
for an autograph. <laughs> so that was a, a nice treat. But uh, yes, good feedback so far. Um, I'm still waiting to get my copy of it, and hopefully we'll see that soon. But uh, great reception. So I just, again, appreciate the opportunity to have been interviewed and share some of my thoughts and, and who I am a little bit. Um, and uh, look forward to getting to know the community even more as this pandemic lifts and I can get out a little bit more and, and meet folks. So, Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's been wonderful getting a chance to chat with you and to write the article. And I want to thank you for your time today. We know you're busy and you've got the big meeting later on at seven o'clock tonight. Yes. Um, so I encourage everyone to open up their 110 magazine and check out the article because it is really jam-packed. There's a lot of things I didn't get to really talk about, but we, we, we wrote about it in the magazine. It, it's very in-depth. We appreciate you allowing us to do that and, and, and even sharing some of the personal side, which I know is not necessarily easy or what you expect to do, but that's kind of how we roll in Brentwood. Yes. And that's definitely how the 110 rolls. Well, and, that's why your readers enjoy reading it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So everyone feel free to go to our website right now and you can actually read the article if you'd like. and always uh, continue to, we hope you continue to find the magazine easy to pick up, difficult to put down, impossible to throw away. And thank you for your time today, Tim. Thank you. Thank Have you. a wonderful- just, a Closing comment too, just unlike a lot of city managers, I actually put my email on the website because I'm not afraid of getting feedback oh. and ask me anything you want. So that's an open invitation to any member of the public. So glad to do that. Okay, tell me what your email is. I have it, but tell everybody. <laughs> They got to do a little bit of homework. Okay, and okay. <laughs> we won't. We won't put you on full blast. I tried. I tried. Well, wonderful. So so nice having you, Tim. And Thank you, uh, Trisha. Yeah, and uh, we look forward to what Brentwood has in store with for us with your leadership. So thank you much. Yours too. Appreciate oh, it. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye -bye. You too. Bye. -bye. Mm -hmm.